For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing. We are from the Draft Network, and we are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports betting needs this season. And, folks, basketball is back, and you can always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. And it's not just basketball. Of course, they have the NFL and college football, but NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, you name it, you can find it over at BetOnline. So head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy play a guessing game with Joe Day to you. Is that the national day or is there a specific well, game that you wanted to play to omit a different day? It's uh, there's nothing good. Happy sandwich day to you. Uh, give someone a dollar day. Uh, but I just received uh, some information about which five NFL teams. It is the most expensive to be a fan of. And the way that this information was compiled was by calculating the highest costs of average ticket, jersey, parking, a 16-ounce beer, and hot dog in the stadium. Any ideas who your top five most expensive teams to be a fan of in the NFL are? I would imagine the Los Angeles teams are in there. They sure are. They're they're four and five. They're, they're very high. They're very high. Four and five. So they're both top five. Yep. Um, Chris, do you want to hop in here? How you feeling, by the way? I know you were a little under the weather yesterday. Uh, doing okay. Doing okay. We're, we're, we're trying to turn the corner here and feel better. Uh, I would like to guess the Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh, Allegiant number Stadium. Call. Number one, the most expensive hot dog in the NFL at uh, Allegiant Stadium, $8. $8 for a hot dog. Get piped. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, by the hold on, Kyle. Can I just jump in here real quick? I'm not going to guess another team. We're going to start with trivia for Kyle. I think we're going to end today's show with trivia for Joe. Oh no! If Kyle knows oh. if he's picking up what I'm putting down from over the weekend, the trivia that yeah, we I'm, played that we were saving for Joe. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm today feeling feels it. like a good day for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. So let's let's plan on that. Um, so we need two and three. 
Chris, do you do you feel do you feel like one of the New York market teams is going to be in the mix here? Well, it's at, I mean it's not Buffalo, I don't believe. So it would be Correct. MetLife Stadium well, would be. That's why I said like guess. I meant like New York City market. Yeah, not, I, it's, not the New York team, the New York City market. Trust me, my mind went there immediately. My mind also went towards. You win a Super Bowl, maybe you raise your prices. So, like, would Tampa have elevated prices? Oh, I don't think they'd be that crazy, would they? Top five? Okay, top five. You're right, top five. It's it's probably. You just want to take the low-hanging fruit and go with, just say New York and see if yeah. we hit one? I would like to submit New York MetLife Stadium as an answer. Yeah, that's not on the list. Not on the list. Mm. Oh, you get value there at MetLife Stadium. So, we need we need big market teams, I would assume. I can't imagine you're going to have. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, they're big. They're not the biggest. I mean, I mean, we checked New York and L.A. and like those would be those. Those are your two slam dunk markets. And we already, already took an L on New York. So, oh, do we think Boston? Philly's? Kind of, do we think Philly's expensive? Ooh. I know. I I can tell you for a fact. I know Joe shook Joe shook his head no, even though we didn't submit it as an official guess. So. <laughs> Just in the interest of moving on, I, I don't Why? want to spend. Well, too- this is well, your well, fault. Why yeah, you, you brought this out to yeah. the table? I I didn't know this was going to have so much. Um... It, it's a guessing game on the show. Of course, we're going to try to get it right. right I mean, right, yeah, it's right. the competitive juices are flowing now. Okay, but it, but he told us no to Philadelphia. Yeah, he said no in the interest of time. By do the way, one, do we think one of the Mercedes Benz domes? I need to retract this because it's not it's not the Chargers or the Rams in the top five. That was a different poll. That was a different poll. So you have one. You have the Raiders at one. You need two, three, four, and five. Okay, I'm just gonna start throwing names out there in that case. I don't know how we managed to to, to fumble this this badly, but that's okay. It's well, okay. Well, Joe it's did. Okay. We did. Okay. You and I didn't do anything. <laughs> Joe fumbled uh, this one. The New England Patriots, number three. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are number 29. Oh, oh wow. Good, good value there at Hard Rock Good Stadium. place to be a season ticket holder, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, the New Orleans Saints. The That's New Orleans guess. Saints are uh, 19. Hmm. Uh, let's try and think of just a few more, Chris. Lumen Dallas Field? Cowboys. Duh. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, number four. Yeah. Okay, so we need number two and number five. Two and, number and five. Three, I think. One of them's going to no. make a lot of sense. One of them is not going to. Seattle, Lumen Field, whatever it's called oh, up there. No. Se- Seattle, we're hanging out at number 17. Okay. Uh, how about the, I'll say Chicago for big market. 14. 14, hmm. okay. It's a respectable guess. Pittsburgh. Um, no, Pittsburgh is not in the top five. It is how about the- it's 15. How about the Denver Broncos? The Denver Broncos are. You know what? All right, Chris, one more guess each. The Houston for Texans. The oh, brother. Houston no, Texans. No, they're giving them away. I yeah, bet they're you, giving them away. 13. They're actually a little higher than that. No, they're not giving them away that much. Oh, they're not giving them away. Okay. Um, now, when you shook your head on Philadelphia, was that based on. Philadelphia is of... eight. Eight. Okay, that was okay. pre. Was that pre or post the retra- retraction? Right. Re- <laughs> I have the real list. Washington Commanders is my seven. Last seven. The Washington okay. Commanders now so for we, sale. We got, we got a lot of the uh, the top 
eight, but we did not get two of the top five. So, Joseph, please do us a favor All and right. grace us with who number two and number five are. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, the Carolina Panthers. Can you imagine? Number five, the Carolina Panthers. No, I, I can't. I can't imagine that the Carolina Panthers. Well, I mean, Joe, think about it. All the live music that they bring down there. Right. It is tough. It is it, when you're responsible for bringing concerts to Charlotte. It, you know, did you it's see? Did you, did you did you see that there are other people in on this bit now? Because Taylor Swift announced all of her concert tours for 2023. Yep. And I do not believe uh, Charlotte, North Carolina no. is on the list. I'm fully aware of this because my wife is going to Atlanta to see Taylor Swift. I'm going uh, to, I'm going to Glendale, Arizona to see her. That's the first. Oh wow, her, you you're going. Yes, you're her going. first, her first, um, her first venue is there. Like her, the first concert on the tour is there. So that's where we're gonna go. Wow. Well. It's a shame Dave Tepper couldn't get uh, Taylor Swift to play in Charlotte. The the five cheapest teams to be a fan of, 32, the Cardinals, 31, the Jaguars, 30, the Bengals, 29, the Dolphins, 28, the Titans, the Bills at 27. Your Jets. Hey. Your Jets are. are Middle of the pack. Yeah. 17th? 22. They're 22. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry to, to hijack the beginning here. Yeah. Well, no, it would have been fine if you would have done it right. I, listen, if you had seen the email that I got, you could see how it was misleading, and you scroll down, you saw the list in the right order. So mm, it's, I don't know. we got we got to the same result. I'm sorry for the the little blunder at the beginning. Okay, so. uh, weekly watch list with the brand new college football playoff rankings. <laughs> You picked a weird part of Rocky Top to start with. I was like, where is he going? And then I it like was, that oh. part. I like that part. Good old Rocky Top. Ooh, number one Rocky team Top in the land. Right. Yeah. I don't know how you look at their resume and any other team is not number one. It's just the boldness to do it, right? It's just well, the willingness to do it. The AP didn't do right. it. The coaches didn't do it, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's – yeah, the college football playoff committee, their logic sometimes is not very good. So, well, what they they got one right, and and quite frankly, the Georgia Bulldogs, I think they got right by not putting it number two. Yeah, well, they got that their their explanation for Alabama TCU left a lot to be desired for me. I'm not going to sit up here and do this. It's the first one, but their reasoning and logic behind it was pretty was pretty. Bad. Yeah, they, they are. They're setting up dominoes to be able to get the combination of four that they want down Correct. the road. Correct, and that's when it's all and that's not and, and that's not how it should. They're going to play yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. and they're uh, playing speaking, the game. All right. Speaking of Tennessee and Georgia, it's Tennessee at number three, Georgia. Have we seen ticket prices for this place? Oh, Holy Athens. smokes! I just saw them. Holy smokes! The cheapest ticket is five hundred and fifty-six dollars. Wow! Yeah, man. The cheapest ticket. It's the Super Bowl. Right. That's <laughs> Man, you know, when, when we went down in 2019 for Alabama LSU, we didn't even pay that much. Speaking I of Alabama. We paid that to sit 12 rows up on the 40 behind the Bills bench against KC. Speaking of Alabama LSU, tickets for that game are as low as 123 bucks. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm sorry. Respectfully, I could not give two farts about that game. I, wow. I cannot bring it. I cannot find it in me to care about that game. Wow. LSU at 10 is a sham. Over some of the teams that they got put in front of, I just can't get there. So. I, I don't think I understand why you don't care about the game, though, based on what you just said there. 
in in the lexicon of some of the games that are being played, namely Tennessee at Georgia, uh, it's it's an afterthought game for me, and I expect Alabama to boat race them. LSU can't pass the ball. They they just have a quarterback that's going to make plays with his legs and Jane Daniels. I don't trust LSU to be able to cover Alabama. I think they're, it's just a game I look at and like, yeah, two top 10 ranked teams. Cool. It's in Death Valley. Cool. Like I expect Alabama to win by like three touchdowns. So because of that, it's like my excitement factor for the game just does not exist. So at the seven o'clock window, are, what do you want? Are you watching Texas and Kansas state? Are you watching Clemson and Notre Dame? Where, where are your eyes going to be at seven o'clock? Uh, I will have Alabama LSU on the second screen behind Clemson, Notre Dame. Clemson, Notre Dame will not be as pretty of a game, but I think it'll be a much more competitive game. Anyone, anyone like, what what do you guys think? Tennessee, Georgia, like it's a big game. We can acknowledge it's a big game. Does anybody think Tennessee is going to win the game? You're you're in. Yes. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Tennessee winning as well. Is it, is it the scoring? Is it the stress that they can put? <clears throat> on a defense and a lack of belief that Georgia can hang with them in terms of keeping pace with the scoring? Correct. Yes. I don't think you're going to keep Tennessee to under 20 points in this football game, no matter how hard you try. And I think if they're over 20, I think it's going to be really tough for Georgia to keep pace. Tennessee going to score 40. Then Georgia's I, then I think been it's... the more vulnerable team this year. I think that's fair to say that, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's abs- it's it is absolutely insane that the spread is still like eight points. Well, let, I mean, it they played insane. They, they played a close game against Kent State for a while. They let Kent State hang around in that game. They played a close game at Missouri, in which they were in, late in the second half, losing that football game. So it's not like they've you know gone out here and taking care of business against everybody. I mean, Tennessee's SEC schedule, they have scored 44 against a good Kentucky defense. They scored 52 on Alabama, which has never been done. They put 40 on LSU. They put 38 on Florida. The only team that has shown any level of resistance against them, technically speaking, is Pittsburgh. And that was at Pittsburgh. So, okay, we go sit here and say that Georgia's got a better chance than Pittsburgh's defense. Sure, you could say that. But... Yeah, this is... This offense has gotten better as the season went along. As right. Jalen Hyatt has emerged, and really, they're just getting to the point where they've got like Hyatt in the status that he is to go with Tillman, and like their defense is no slouch. Man, I, I, Georgia, I did think they're just too one dimensional. Like they have nothing on the outside. Yeah, they have nothing on the outside. Their leading receivers in each game that they've played. Uh, they have twice it's been a running back, Kenny McIntosh. The first two games of the season, the running back has been the leading receiver. Brock Bowers three times a tight end. Darnell Washington once. You have two of your eight games that you've played. You've had a receiver be your leading receiver in yardage in the game, and both times it was McConkey. In one of those games, he had 65 yards, and the other one, he had 47 yards. So they're, wow. Yeah. Right. They, I, they, wow. they just They have nothing on the outside. And I think the stress that Tennessee is going to have to score points in bunches, Tennessee's going to score 35, 40 points. And I yeah. just don't I don't trust Georgia to play a tempo game and keep up. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's just it's 
I, I definitely see it. I do. Um, but Tennessee's living in wildest dreams land right now, aren't they? Just based on the perception, the way they've played. I mean, if they win this game, they're, they're not going to lose the rest of the year. They're, there's no way. They're going to have a chance to play Alabama again. And even if they lose that game, they're probably still in the playoffs. Wow. I'm here to tell you, I've watched, I watched that game live. I've watched the film of the Tennessee offense in that game. They beat Alabama again if, if they play. Wow. You ain't going to see. If they run the table, if you, if you, if they run the table and it's Tennessee, Alabama again, you can, I, I'm putting money on Tennessee to win the SEC. Okay. Neutral site. Who's got the, in the whole country, who's got the best chance of beating Tennessee at a neutral site? Ohio State, and I don't love their secondary. I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable well, saying that, but it's probably well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think Ohio State would slow them down either. They, you think Ohio State I, could I, score with them, right? Yeah. In a neutral site game, you look at the receivers that Ohio State has, and especially yeah. if we get another month or so down the road, and Jackson Smith and Jigba is more like himself. I think that's the offense that can score points in bunches. But if I'm a fan of the Tennessee Volunteers, like. Fam, start saving your money and don't buy anybody anything for Christmas because you got a chance to play in the natty. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, because because Kyle, I look at the the college football playoff rankings, and I think the only way to answer this question is to look at teams that can also score at a high volume. But it's like, are we really going to sit up here and say like TCU, Oregon, USC, teams like that that can score? Do we are we really going to sit up here and say those teams could beat Tennessee? Like I can't do that. No. But like that's th- those are the types of teams you're looking for teams that can score with Tennessee. But even those right. teams, I'm like, eh, I don't feel great about those. So what else? What what else is happening this weekend besides Tennessee, Georgia? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the biggest game of the. Game. It's the biggest game of the year, though, right? Like, I mean, uh, of yes. the year so far, it's the biggest game. Um, from a mid-major perspective, I am going to shout out uh, Tulane, number 19 in the first college football playoff ranking of the season. They play Tulsa on the road, so not necessarily a game that's like, oh, a big matchup for them. But if we're picking a mid-major game of the week, I want to reward a mid-major in the American that is right now uh, in the college football playoff ranking. So we'll give Tulane some love. Uh, Texas-Kansas State should be an entertaining game. Two talented running backs in that game with Bijan Robinson and Deuce Vaughn. Uh, don't sleep on Florida State, Miami. It's always an entertaining game, even though those teams are are both kind of middle tier ACC programs this year. Uh, Wake at NC State at eight o'clock. UCLA at Arizona State is probably going to have some fireworks in it. That's a nine thirty kick. What? What? Where are your eyes on the noon slate, Joe? Texas Tech TCU. It's pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough till three thirty. Right, it's just because the teams aren't as good as they're supposed to be. Like, if Virginia had a pulse this year, that'd be a fun game against North Carolina. Um, Missouri, Kentucky's somewhat interesting to me for prospects, if anything. You know what? Wait. I kind of, I kind of like it this week though. This, there's not, there's not stuff competing for your eyeballs. And guess what? At three thirty, you can put on Tennessee, Georgia, and you can just watch Tennessee, Georgia. There's no stress. Uh, no. There's no worry about Cam Ward. Cam Ward is playing Stanford at 3:30. Chris. Oh, never mind then. There's going to need to be a second screen experience. Then. Uh, My apologies. Although unfortunately, that is on the Pac-12 network. 
Oh, that means. Well, no never mind then. Play. Never mind. We're all good. Nobody can see the game. Great. Uh, sh- shall we? Sh- shall we? What, NFL? Cheap. Cheapest ticket in Power Five yeah, football. Yeah. What are we it's, doing? It's here? not oh. super exciting, Joe. What do you think that? What do you think the dollar amount of the cheapest ticket is this week? It, Power Five. No. Oh gosh, I don't. Oh, what it's is probably it, like, like three or four dollars. Uh, can we get into You're a game for less than? Two. We can get into, one no. We need a game for dollars. A two dollar ticket. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Texas State, Louisiana Monroe. What do we got here? See the teams that are playing in the two dollar ticket game are four and four, and the home team is three and five. Oh God! Washington State, we... Stanford. No, Marshall, Old Dominion. Washington State, Stanford's like eleven dollars. Uh, Georgia Chris, State and Southern Miss. Chris has secured Marshall, the Old Dominion. Get Marshall, in there, everybody. Old Dominion, two dollars. Wow, and it's like a top right or top left corner of the stadium ticket. So Lovely. we looked as though it was going to book them. You can see Allie Jennings the third, one of the the most productive wide receivers in the entire country. Yes, Punch a ticket. Watch the Old Dominion Monarchs, third in the Sun Belt East. So uh, now, do we want to go NFL? Yes, we do. Okay. Very good. Uh, we have the matchup tonight between Philadelphia and Houston on Prime Video. Uh, good luck, everybody. Anybody excited? No. Yes, I, I'm excited. How many points do you think Philadelphia wins by? Twelve. I'll Twelve. take more than that. Do we know what the spread is for this game? It's Philly minus 14. So, Chris, you don't even have Philly covering the spread. It's a lot. Two touchdowns is a lot in the National Football League, man. Weird stuff happens on Thursday night for the road team, right? Right. It's a good point. I'm just saying. I agree. Like Philly should blow the doors off of them, but like it's Thursday night football. They're on the road. It's two. Mm. It's two touchdowns. Uh, you're gonna get a miss extra point probably, and you're gonna be like, "Oh goodness, here we go." Like you're gonna get some weird <laughs> shenanigans. Oh, by by the way, before we go any further. How did our dog parlay do last oh, week? What what did we pick? Well, no, we picked the Jets, didn't we? I I don't think we I don't think we did. Okay, so we somebody picked the I Saints, the right? Was that was that me? Did I pick the Saints? I don't I think I you picked you the Saints. A million dollars, I can remember this. I think you picked the Saints. I think Joe I, picked the Giants. Right, didn't happen, and that didn't happen. And I picked the Jets, so that was a loser. Well. Felt good to be guys trying. Let, let's let's batten down the hatches this week, okay? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get better. Hold on, let me pull up pull up our friends over at Bet Online here, so we're ready to go. We need a winner this week. Uh, that's fun. That's good fun. Okay, so back to week nine, Chris. I'll let you pull that up, and we could talk about some of the other games. Uh, Joe, we have Chargers, Falcons, Dolphins, Bears, Panthers, Bengals, Packers, Lions, Colts, Patriots, Bills, Jets. Vikings, Commanders, and Raiders, Jaguars in the one o'clock slate on Sunday. Game that excites you the most besides your own team playing is blank. The Vikings and the Commanders, I guess. You think so? Chargers, Chargers, Falcons, baby. We got a first place team at home. 
And you know what's really scary for the Chargers is the Falcons can run the ball. It's a good point. I don't know if I if I omit my own favorite team fandom. The Falcons, the Falcons are, are getting three and a half points at home. They're in the they're in the parlay. They're in. I'm putting them in. That's going to be your pick. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons plus one forty seven money line parlay. Get them in there. That's I think the pick. game I'm most interested in is Colts Patriots. Out of the one. Oh my! Slate. Oh my goodness! Why? Ellinger versus Belichick defense. Mac Jones. These are two I've teams done this. we expect. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- this is you, two. You teams don't want to we... see a young quarterback against the Belichick defense. It's not a Ex- good time. <laughs> Tell that to Tua Tungo Valoa, my guy. Um, these are two teams we expected to be in playoff consideration. You know, we're we're floating around five hundred. It's a high stakes game in the conference. Neither one of these teams can afford to take the L. So I think from that perspective, it's the game that I am most intrigued to watch some of because I'm not going to sit here and fall all over myself to watch Raiders Jaguars, you know, like I, I have, I will have some interesting green Bay at Detroit to see how green Bay bounces back. I think Detroit is close. Um, so those, I think green Bay kills Detroit. Kills you think green Bay kills Detroit? Yeah. I'll go the other way. I'd say Detroit Detroit will definitely cover. I don't know what the spread is, but I think Detroit three and a half. Oh, okay. I take it back. <laughs> I, I think Green Bay like six and a half or something like that. Green Bay, big time covers. You that. think they're just going to run all over them? Oh God, I do. Yes, I do. I think Green Bay found found their script in the second half last week. But yeah, because they ran the ball when they were down three scores. Sure, but like I thought Did you see they Von Miller. Yeah, when he was asked by Sherman why, why, yeah, yeah. why Greenbank said they kept running, Chris, did you see this? No. Von Miller went on Sherman's podcast, and Richard Sherman uh, asked him about uh, Green Bay run, just running the ball down like three scores in the second half, and Von was like, "Yeah, I asked Aaron that, and I'm not going to say what he said because I don't want to use this platform to create drama or something like that." So you know, Rogers just like dumped on his own guys. <laughs> Nonetheless, I think they, you know, their running back running game showed some some punch, and obviously, you know, that they had some big plays in the passing game. I thought as a result of that. So, can I file a formal complaint that we only have two games in the four o'clock slot? Yeah, it's it's egregious. It's what's absolutely the, what's egregious. What's the point? Can somebody I, explain no, to me why we don't have more games in the afternoon window anyway? Like for a good red zone watching experience, like just split it up more. Whoever's writing our mock draft this week for the draft network is thrilled about there only being two. Right. Four sure. o'clock games because quite so. like quite frankly, what what are the high leverage teams in the four o'clock slate anyway? It's Seattle and Arizona and Rams Bucks. What a dump. Rams Bucks, when they made this schedule, was probably a lot more of an alluring contest. I just don't I mean, understand who thought I think only the Buccaneers two games was game a good idea, lot, by the way. I would generally agree with you, Joe. I think I think the Bucks win at home as well. So with that in mind, you gentlemen need to add your submissions to the Draft Dudes Underdog Moneyline Parlay for the week. So I have to pick a team that's not favored to win to win? Correct. Yep. That's the idea of an Good. underdog Moneyline Parlay. Can you give us the dog money lines? 
Seattle. Sure. I don't think Seattle's going to be so Seattle the so, dog. They, they are. are the dog. Joe got a bit of a wow, cheap. Wow, good call. That's why I went ahead and got that in quick. That's a good job, Joe. That's very. That's very good. Good work, Joe. <laughs> Plus one fifteen for Joe on that one, courtesy oh, so of our friends over at Bet Online. Barely. Send yeah, it's fine. It's it's a, they're the ro- they're underdogs. Uh, Chris, let me let me ask you this. Yes. Um. Who is the dog between the Raiders and the Jaguars? So it's going to be tough for you. The Jags are the dogs, barely. It's a one-and-a-half-point spread. The Jags are plus one-and-a-half, plus 107 on the money line. I might go. I might go Jags. Um, what is the line on Colts-Patriots? Okay, the Colts are getting five-and-a-half points. They are plus 205 on the money line. Don't do it. You're going to sink the parlay. I like these other two. Falcons and Seahawks are good. Uh, did you like the other two last week too? I did, and I was I was betting with yeah. My I heart hated there. mine. Hated it. of my head. I'll go Jaguars. All right, I don't it's love a, that one, but I love fans. it. I love Chris, it more what, than the what other dog one. No, no, I. Would you like you me didn't, to? You pick? didn't let me finish. Of the ones left, I think that's the best one. I just don't love it. Okay, well, shame so on me for not being quick to assume that. An egregiously better team in Seattle would be an underdog on the road because they're playing the uh, Cardinals like Joe. Did. By the way, that is that is a plus a thousand parlay if you were to bet all three. So, anybody want to give some love to the Commanders at home against the Vikings? Three and a half. No, maybe to cover not, the spread. Not, not particularly Listen, to win lo- the game outright. It, excuse the Commanders me, have excuse, won the last three. Yeah, excuse me for law, and they've they've designated Chase Young to return as well. It's true. So excuse me for invoking law of averages here because I know it's really annoying when I do this, but like how many games is Minnesota going to win that like you just watch them in one score games get the bounce of the ball every single week before they get a bounce that goes against them. So I think I think Washington is a reasonable play at home. All right. Is that it for the weekly watch list? That is for the weekly watch list. So, Chris, what, what do we have left? So we have two two items on the itinerary for today's show. We have our big boards of the top five trade deadline moves, our way of recapping the trade deadline. And then we have the trivia question for Joe that I think we saved to the end because Joe's going to be squirming in his chair all by himself. So very this good. Is, I, I have no idea what this is about. I know. That's the okay. best part. We, we've This is a bit from last Saturday's Watch Along that Kyle and I did in which Kyle oh, asked God. me this question. And then it was like, let's save this for the pod to make Joe do this. You guys help. You guys were with me the, for like the next day and a half and you help you holstered it. Yep. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We That's sure impressive. Did. That's impressive. Um, okay. So we're going to do baby big boards with baby big boards. Top five trade deadline moves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we want to start with our number five. This includes moves that happened previously, correct? You can do that. I didn't. I just focused on on you just on, did moves that did yes that happened that yesterday were, on Tuesday. Yes, on Tuesday. Oh well, I yeah, I have two that were not. I have three That's that fine. were yesterday and two that were not. It, it's your list. I just chose to focus on on solely moves from yes from uh, Tuesday. So, That's, I think it's important for me to distinguish that the lens of the team that I'm looking edit through really matters. It's not like I love the mutual benefit. Uh, agreed. Both teams. Agreed. Yeah. I put I put these on there for <laughs> one specific side of the trade. Yep. Same here. Oh, right, that's yep. you know what? Yep. You know what, gentlemen? I take that back. One of mine is not a trade deadline. Oh, you put one of them is, is before. I forgot. I made a late change this morning. Let's do it. 
Number five. five. All right. Number five. Who wants to go first? Not me. All right, I'll go Fine, first. I'll go. All right, you go first, Chris. I'll, oh, go. I'll go first. Get out of here, Kyle. Chase Claypool to the Bears, number five on my list. And I look at this from the Bears' perspective. And the reason why this move is not higher is because I feel like a second-round pick is a little rich for Chase Claypool. But what I will say, the reason why I wanted to put this trade on there is I commend the effort of the Chicago Bears attempting to get better at the wide receiver position for their young quarterback who is playing better. They recognized, hey, we need to get this guy help. We just got another two in the deal from Roquan Smith. So we can come out here net neutral in terms of picks and get a upgrade to our wide receiver position. So yeah, it's a little rich and that's why it's not higher up on this list, but I commend the effort from the bears to go out and get a young wide receiver to pair with their quarterback. So that is the reason why it made number five for me. How about the Packers also offering a two and then letting him get off the hook? How do you, how do you as a team in a win now window, not say call us before you accept the final offer and we'll bet we'll beat it. The Pat Oh, for Claypool. Yeah. They offered a two for Claypool and got beat out by an equal offer for a two from a division rival. Lord. Okay. Uh all right, number five for me. I have Naheem Hines to the Bills. And the reason that I like this is because they got he rid can of Zach fi- Moss. Well, that's helpful. Um, but also when you look at what Naheem Hines is going to provide for the Bills, it's RB2, a role that James Cook currently holds, and punt returner, a role that Khalil Shakir currently holds. And those are two rookies. And I think anytime that you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations like the Bills and you can become less reliant on rookies for important niche roles, I think that's a good thing for you. And it takes the stress off of those two players, and you know what you're getting in Hines as both a pass catcher, fifth most receiving yards as a running back since he came into the league, and then obviously the punt return ability, um, 111 fielded punts, two muffs for his entire career, almost an average of 12, two touchdowns. I think those are nice nice little X-factor areas for the Bills to upgrade, and, and giving up a six in Zach Moss is, is completely digestible. Number five for me was the Jacksonville Jaguars acquiring Calvin Ridley for a 2023 conditional five and a 2024 conditional two. Uh, This to me for Jacksonville, we just did Trevor Lawrence film study on uh, Tuesday night in the TDM premium discord. We we watched Lawrence against the Broncos and um, Joe, what, what's the thing that you have been saying this Jaguars offense is missing at wide receiver. Someone to look to, to stretch, stress the defense vertically. So whether you want that to be Calvin Ridley starting next season, or if you want Calvin Ridley to fill the role that is currently being filled by Christian Kirk and have Christian Kirk fill that vertical role, which is a little bit more like what he did in Arizona, I think this gives you a dramatic upgrade at wide receiver, and you will not be paying the premium pick until 2024. So like 18 months from now. And mm-hmm. what that I think allows you to do, assuming that this goes well, is you have 18 months to move other assets around to make sure that when it comes time to send that pick and that pick actually gets made by the Falcons, um, you will have positioned yourself to have other draft capital in which you will not be missing that pick with whatever strategic moves you make over the next 18 months. So I love the fact that you know Jacksonville is a team who 
bought, even though they are not competitive this year, but they bought a player who will not begin helping them until next year anyway. And the deferment of the payment allows them to take it in stride once Calvin really gets into the building. And I do think he's a schematic fit for what they want to do. And it's incredibly tied to how he performs with them. Correct. Right? I think that's the Correct. other element to it. They have themselves too. Calvin really makes my list. He's a little higher, and it's because of that. They they don't really take on a lot of the risk. They've kind of sheltered themselves from it in the way that they've structured the deal. And so the creativity of it deserves some praise as well. For sure. Number four. Who's got number four? I have number four. So do I. Kadarius Toney from the uh, Giants to the Chiefs. From the Giants' perspective on this trade, I think to get what they got for Kadarius Toney, a guy that this general manager, this head coach, were not a part of the process to pick, was not fitting in with what they wanted to do. There was opportunity to get on the field with all the injuries that the Giants had at wide receiver. Kadarius Toney was not fitting his way in. He was hurt. He, he just was not working. So to be able to recoup some draft capital and to be able to move on and get a clean slate, I think is a job well done. So number four for me on the list. Number four for me on the list is Robert Quinn going to the Eagles through the lens of the Eagles. Uh, giving up a four and the rest of the contract being voided, I think, is a great situation for Philly to just be mindful of what has made them successful in the past. And it was kind of that defensive line and um, how that has been able to carry them. And, and I think investing in that strength is a really good thing. And I, I think the four is certainly digestible for me. And I think Robert Quinn can really provide a spark to them in an area that just makes him even more difficult to deal with. And I love that Howie Roseman prioritizes the trenches and he just got even better there. Joe, I don't have much to add, but Robert Quinn is my number four as well. You know, you think about the, the DNA of this team and how good they are in the trenches and, now they've got another short-term body to play on the edge. So thankfully this doesn't shade into our mock draft strategy for Philadelphia. If you like putting edge rushers with them, but kind of the understanding that this is a one and done and it's a day three selection and they're, they're too deep is embarrassingly good. And the DNA of this team to run the ball RPO possess time of possession, and then put you in a bind and really heat you up. And they have a talented secondary too. So they can, they can play man and play aggressive, uh, when they want to, uh, there's just a lot of versatility in that defense. And this is just another piece of the puzzle for them. And uh, what's a very soft schedule. And, and we expect this team to probably compete for the number one seed in the NFC. And uh, then that's when the, this move could really show itself as a value move for the Eagles. Number three, Calvin Ridley. Falcons to the Jaguars. It is. It has already been said from Kyle, and I added my thoughts there. I think this was creative. I think it was it was the perfect way of a team that isn't necessarily competing for this year to say, "Hey, we're still a part of this. We're still active. We can still make our team better in the long term." And I just love this. And that's my big thing, guys, about the trade deadline this year is we had a lot of big names move, but we also saw teams that aren't necessarily in it this year be like, "Hey, mm -hmm. we can make ourselves better in the long term. Let's go out and make a move." And that was really cool to see. I thought I thought this year was one of the best trade deadlines we had uh, in recent memory. So I wanted to give some love towards the creativity of uh, both the Falcons and uh, the Jacks here, because from the Falcons perspective, you know, it's not that they don't need a Calvin Ridley, but 
they're making do without him. So to get some value for him after he's going to be sitting out for at least the season, I thought was good. So number three for me. Three for me is uh, Jonathan Hankins going from the Raiders to the Cowboys. I love this through the lens of the Cowboys, giving up a six and a seven for him. I think he's exactly the type of player that they needed to add to this defensive line, giving them some size, some proven run-stopping ability. Yeah, they've got some nice players there, but I think they're more slashers, penetration-style gap shooters, where they needed that stabilizing player there in the middle to play uh, You know, in the A-gaps. And so I think he'll make everyone around him better. You know exactly what you're getting. He's been consistent in the league for a long time. And a couple of late-round picks I, I think is a great way to ensure that you have that skill set on your defensive line. Chris, you mentioned some big names. Uh, Roquan Smith going to Baltimore is number three for me. He was sent for linebacker A.J. Klein, primarily a special teams guy, a 2023-2 and a 2023-5 for a player in a uh, contract year who has requested a trade from the team. I think it's a good ROI for Chicago based on kind of what the writing in the wall has been there. But then for Baltimore's perspective, the big question is, is these two linebackers that you have on in the heart of this defense and to have a player who can excel in space uh, and, and win in coverage in the midst of, of the safeties that Baltimore has and uh, kind of the, the over eagerness of the second level of guys like Patrick Queen inside. Um, I don't think Roquan Smith is an all pro linebacker, but I think he is enough of an upgrade when you look at where Baltimore is positioned right now and what the rest of their schedule looks like and them having the leg up in the AFC North right now, I think this makes sense for Baltimore to attack a defensive weakness and get a better player. Um, and then obviously they'll long-term have to figure out what the financial commitment is going to be, but we have to imagine that probably will not get done in the short term because Roquan is representing himself. So I can't imagine we're going to spend too much time in season invested in talking financials. So Baltimore's got a couple of self-represented yes. players here that they're Lamar and Roquan. They got to figure out deals for. Uh, all the best there, Eric DaCosta. If anyone can figure it out, you can. Number two, for me, I'm rewarding a team that said, "Hey, you know what? We've got our quarterback back healthy. We're scoring a ton of points. We're playing really well." Let's move our chips in the middle. Let's go out and get a big fish. Yeah, we gave up a first-round pick, but we can do what Chris. we did to keep this guy in-house. Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, number two on my list from the Dolphins' perspective. How can you not love? How can you not love the aggressiveness and the willingness to say, you know what? Yeah, we can compete in the AFC East. You know what? Yeah, we can compete in the AFC. Let's do it. Let's make a move. Let's get a player. Yeah, you give up a first. We're going to try to keep this guy in-house in Bradley Chubb. So I'm rewarding the aggressiveness and the willingness to say, you know what? Let's make our team better today. Let's make our team better this year because we've got a good team. We've got a team that can compete for a playoff spot. We haven't been to the playoffs in a while. Let's do it. Let's put the chips in the middle. So we're going to reward that with number two. Number two for me is Chase Claypool to, to the Bears, but not from the Bears' lens. I think this is an awful trade for them. I love this for the Steelers. Being able to get the second-round pick of the Bears, we're talking about like a – that pick's going to be in the 30s. Yeah. That's damn near a first-round pick. This is absolutely egregious for a player like Chase Claypool who is highly uh, – a high-variance player. You know, not a lot of good things happen when the Steelers throw him the football. And for a team like the Bears – like. I like that you did a thing here to get a veteran receiver. I don't like he's in year three and he's highly inconsistent. I, I don't, 
I don't know, man. Like, if you're willing to do something here at receiver, like, do something real. Do something that's going to get you a player that can actually give your young quarterback a go-to guy. That's not Chase Claypool. That's not close to Chase Claypool. And so, in a world where we've seen really good receiver trades happen, the Diggs trade, the Tyree Kill trade, the Nuke Hopkins trade, this, this falls really flat for me in terms of an investment for the Chicago Bears. But for the Steelers to get to get what's going to be a higher pick for Chase Claypool than you invested after the inconsistencies that he's shown, great job there by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Chicago, come on. I also, Chris, have Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins as number two on my list. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion point around – uh, why the Dolphins made the decision to go out and get a pass rusher versus a corner when guys like William Jackson were available. He actually got traded in a late-round pick swap uh, for Pittsburgh and Washington. Uh, but but this tells me the Dolphins really genuinely do believe that Byron Jones will be back at some point this season, and, and Jalen Phillips has been a monster pass rusher for the Dolphins, but they needed help on the other side, and Bradley Chubb is top five in ESPN's pass rush win rate. Uh, he's defeating blocks quickly, which is the problem that a lot of the other Dolphins pass rushers have. So they've played a lot more zone coverage, and uh, this is a player that that you're going to get long-term, and I could see the pathways for the Dolphins absorbing the contract. Uh, After making this trade, you're going to have to sign him. You don't give away the one and let him walk for nothing, right? So he'll be under contract. They'll probably prorate out the signing bonus. He'll have a low cap hit in 2023, and at that juncture, I'd imagine they're probably going to transition away from Emmanuel Agba. Uh, the way that they structured that contract, he's in year one of a four-year $65 million deal. Uh, but the way that the guarantees are lined up, they can get out after next year, 2023, which we're presuming Bradley Chubb is going to have the light year of his contract uh, and save upwards of $12, 13000000 million against the cap to help absorb that Bradley Chubb new contract that is coming and get a more versatile player who can actually play a stand-up role on the outside versus Agba, who has been at his best either head up or inside shade on offensive tackles. So uh, upgrade at pass rush for here and now. You can keep the entire nucleus for 2023, but then when that contract balloons, I see the avenue for the players that you want to keep and the players you want to depart from. Uh, So exciting for Miami to – push all their chips in. And I don't think we should sleep on them getting out of the chase Edmonds deal halfway through year one, when he has been a total flop after a strong training camp and a week one against the Patriots. Uh, they got out of a two year, $12 million deal and replaced him with Jeff Wilson, who knows the system. So kind of, they had, they had that other move in their back pocket. So I think it was a nice job for Miami escaping that, that Edmonds contract, pushing their chips in to compete now. And I see the long-term path as well. My number one trade deadline move Please from the say. Minnesota Vikings perspective. Yes. TJ yes. Hawkinson. Yes. Are you kidding me? We, we do two pick this swaps. We still, have the, we still have the same number of picks. We just moved back a couple of spots both these years, and we get TJ freaking Hawkinson to go. This is your year. This is your chance to go and win the NFC North, to take down the Green Bay Packers, to have a home playoff game. You lose Irv Smith. Let's do it. We're playing good football. Let's get TJ Hawkinson in the building. I don't know what the Lions are doing here. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to do these pick swaps. And for the Minnesota Vikings, you do two pick swaps to get a player of the caliber of TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, you might have to worry about paying him at the end of the year, but what did you really give up to do this? I love this move for Minnesota. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. 
Yeah, I, I've got the same thing as it, number one, Hawkinson to the Vikings through the Vikings lens. You mentioned the pick swap. I don't. How do you how do you do this if you're Detroit? How do you do this deal and come away with what nets to be about a third round value? Uh, you you gave up two fours for a two and a three while parting with T.J. Hawkinson. Like if I'm having that conversation and I'm and and I'm Brad Holmes in, you know, Vikings ask for those two fours back. I'm like kick rocks, dude. A two and a three, and you get Hawkinson. There's nothing else coming out of my out of my assets than TJ Hawkinson. This is a top ten pick who's played well, dude. Now, he hasn't been it, a star, but he's played well in an interdivision trade where the the starting tight end for the for the Vikings, Irv Smith's going to be out eight to ten weeks. Are you kidding me? I think this is a a failed opportunity by Detroit and for Minnesota just an absolute fleece you have this you still have the same number of picks we're talking about of two fours right that you like those are such modest moves I, I I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised Brad Holmes pulled the trigger on this yeah there's not a lot of an incentive to do it and and a lot of their big money contracts that Detroit has guys like Michael Brockers we're expecting them to cut after the year like, they're not paying anybody they got Jared Jared Goff and really that's about it <laughs> Romeo Aquar is getting like $12 million next like year. Frank Ragno but, and, but, and Taylor Decker. Yeah. But, yes. But yeah. you know, De- Decker might, you know, be near the end of his time in Detroit too. Looking at Penny Sewell might be ready to move him back over to the left, left tackle spot, save some money that way with a player on a rookie deal. So I, I agree completely. Hawkinson is my, my one Minnesota smelling blood in the water, going after it, uh, mitigating their losses with the, the, early day three picks coming back for day two picks yeah, uh, is really well done by Quezzi in Minnesota. And, and Irv's, Irv's a free agent after the season. And never a player really thought they would resign, to be honest with you. And so to like solve to solve that, right, even Vikings fans started joking around with us on Twitter, like, hey, with all of our mock drafts at the Draft Network, like, you don't have to give the Vikings a tight end every time. Well, clearly – we we are pretty aligned here with how the team joking. viewed themselves. <laughs> no, they weren't joking. They were pretty serious. But the point being that like this was absolutely weighing heavily on the minds of of uh, the Vikings, and for them to get a a proven player, right? We talk about the slow acclimation of tight ends in a system like that. It matters. It's an important part of what what they want to do. Man, you love it, Chris. We have a problem. We don't have a lot of time, so I think we push right. this to tomorrow because I really oh, want to make Joe squirm. So here's it's what we'll a trivia do. Here's question. We'll do. We can't get it in in two minutes. We, no, no, no. We'll pay off. Not. We will pay off one bit here on the show. Kyle, you need to tell everybody the assistant coach, the tight ends coach that you were teasing when we were doing the tier maker edition that you did not bring up. So you can do that. We'll pay off that bit, and then we'll keep one bit for tomorrow's show, and we'll start with it. We'll, we'll How start. How am I to sleep tonight? Uh, Joe, that's. You answer that question yourself. So, Kyle, if you just want to very quickly talk about that coach, we'll kick the can down the road on this uh, trivia question for Joe for tomorrow's show. Yeah, so this is uh, this is a player who kind of got some quiet buzz this past offseason when my team was looking to hire a head coach as a potential candidate. Uh, and the more research I did into him, the more I really like him. He is a young coach, but he has uh, – glowing reviews for his player relationship component and apparently a really smart guy. He is the assistant head coach and tight ends coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Thomas Brown. He was originally the running backs coach. 
Um, and he is in his second season as the assistant head coach of the LA Rams. And just when I heard that name, it was a little bit of an off the beaten path kind uh, of name. And then I, I did the research that I could into who Thomas Brown is. And as we've gotten, or as, as he has risen through the coaching ranks, it's, it's become very apparent that this is one of those fast track, all the things that you associate with the McVay Shanahan tree for being pro player and really sharp offensive minds. He is on that list and on that trajectory. And the fact that he's been an assistant head coach for Sean McVay for several seasons, that's valuable experience. And because of that, Thomas Brown would be a slam dunk um, assistant interview for me. Good call. Good call. I know that uh, he's got a lot of buzz out there. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, be in line. He'll get, he'll get interviews, if not a job this yep. off season. So that was a good, good one to bring up. I would be sure. I would be sure he gets multiple interviews this off season. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. But uh, we, we will wait on the other bit. As Chris said, we will do that tomorrow for takes on takes. Maybe we hijack the start of the show with that. Chris, since Joe hijacked the start of the show today with an impromptu trivia uh, guessing game of his own. So we'll repay that bit tomorrow. So plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great Thursday. Enjoy the games tonight, college and NFL. And we will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.